Yeah, you know, I just love our band, and uh, but I, I just love drums too, and I feel always feel sorry for the guy trapped in the cage. You know what I mean? Rob, you got anything for us today? Can you give us a little drum? Little, you got a little something? You got nothing? You got nothing? What do you got? Give him a little. Can you give him a little encouragement? Little encouragement. That's it. I can do that. Are you serious? That's it. Yeah, next time. All right. Hey, good to see all of you today, and welcome to this time. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have had a setback in your life at one time? Okay, that's pretty good. How many, pretty good. How many of you are in a setback right now? Okay, now, the next question is, if you've had one or you anticipate you might get one, how many of you want to come back, stand to your feet? You want to come back, stand to your feet. You're going to have a setback. You want to come back. Hey, God is a God of comeback. Amen? Let's just say it. God is a God of comeback. If you've had a setback, God has a comeback. Amen. You may be seated. You know, God loves losers. Huh? Come on. Talk to me. He does. Do you realize this book is full of losers who God got a hold of, transformed their life, and turned them into winners simply by a relationship with him? You see, when you come into relationship with God, he takes you from where you were to where he sees you and wants you to become. So God is this great God, and God is bigger, the bigger than your ever setback has ever been. So the bigger the, the setback, guess what? The bigger the comeback. So here's the a, here's a second one. The harder you fall, the higher you what? Bounce. You say, well, I fell so far. Good, you can bounce higher. You ever taken a basketball and just slammed it down and, and it goes way above your head? Hey, life is like that sometimes. You feel like you've been slammed hard, but guess what? It is the hand of God who takes you from the pit and raises you up and puts your feet on a solid rock. Amen? Amen. Jesus, now Jesus Christ took a setback at the cross, did he not? And all the religious people, all the super pious people, they all said, good, we're enough of that fanatic. Satan clapped his hand with glee, knowing that all was well now. And then on the third day, God had scheduled a comeback. Amen. Amen. I want you to know your third day is coming God has a comeback. The cross was just the beginning. The resurrection is the end. We are called to live resurrected lives in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Give him the glory. Would you do that? Now, let me show you something. Forgiveness is just the beginning. You see, we love to be forgiven, don't we? But forgiveness is just the beginning. When you're forgiven and you feel free, now you're empowered to do what God had designed you to do in the first place. Today, we're going to look at a story of the woman caught in adultery. And I love this story because it's so telling of how people think in the religious world. Because here we have these pious Jewish leaders who interrupt a great teaching moment that Jesus has. Let's turn in our Bibles, take a look at John chapter 8 and beginning in verse 1, and look what it says. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. 
So he finds himself in that place that is just filled with all kinds of interesting kind of dimensions as we look at the life of Jesus, because it'll be there that he will lead his disciples. It'll be there that he'll begin to talk about his own death. It'll be there that in Matthew 24, he'll talk about the return of Christ. He says, Christ, I'm going to return. I'm going to come back to this place. Now, early in the morning, he came, notice what it says, he came again to the temple and all the people came to him. See, this is what made the religious mad. Why is everybody going to Jesus? Why doesn't everybody want to be religious? One of my ongoing statements is, I hate religion and I love Jesus. You know, religious condem- religion condemns. Religion says, you've got to measure up. Hey, there's nobody here that measures up to the standard and the requirement of God apart from Jesus. I've often thought a great sign out front would be sinners, welcome here. Religious, stay away. Because see, that's the message of Jesus. Now look what it says here in the scripture. And he sat down and he taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees, that is the pious. You ever known people that are pious? They even talk different. Well, you know, I don't know about that. Well, I wouldn't do that. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you about this. I'm only telling you about this because I want you to pray. I'm not supposed to say anything, but here came the religious. And notice what they did. Here came, and they brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, you know what they were doing? They were humiliating her. See, religion always humiliates people. It makes you feel unworthy. feels like nobody cares about you, that the value of the person is just not there. Jesus is so counter to that, and he's called us to be counter to that. We're to be counterculture to the expectations of our world. When our world looks and says, that's what religion is like, no, we say, no, let me show you what Jesus is like. When people tell me that about all religion's bad, I say, I agree, and they look at me like, how can you agree? Because I know what religion does to us. It condemns us. It hurts us. It separates us from God. People I talk to, I talk to a lot of atheists in my lifetime, led a lot of atheists to faith in Christ, and every one of them will tell you, yeah, well, I just don't, I don't, I don't really lo- believe there's a God, and then I'll keep probing. I said, and what it really comes down to is I really don't like the way religion has approached my life. It's not God that people don't believe in. It's religion that people don't believe in. And here's why. They brought her, put her in the midst, and they said, teacher, this woman. Here's the second tool of the pious, and that's accusation. I'm going to humiliate you, and then I'm going to accuse you of something, and I'm going to make you feel unworthy of God, unworthy of society, unworthy of life. And I venture to say that a great deal of the people in our world today feel those two things. They feel accused and they feel humiliated. People are, hey, you'll hear it out of their mouth. Well, you know, I, I really don't think God hears my prayers because, and they'll say something like, I haven't been to church in a while. I haven't prayed and I don't have much faith. And they'll go on and they'll give you a long list of things why they're not worthy. You see, that's not the issue. The issue is God's love. God loves you the way you are. Even though you may feel unworthy, that's not coming from God. God loves you. I want us just to say this together. God loves me. Would you say it with me? God loves me just the way I am. 
But the Spirit of God can transform me. And I can be all that God intended me to be. Isn't that a great message? God just loves you. Now look what it says. And they said, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that, we should, uh, that she should be stoned. And I put a, a note here, where's the guy? Come on, ladies, give it a round. Give it up. But there's a reason I put that in there. You know why? Because they came and they only gave Jesus half the law. See, the Levitical law said, if you're going to accuse someone, you have to bring both parties and you have to have personally witnessed it. Now, where's the guy? See, they were breaking the law, trying to get Jesus to condemn her and knowing that the law was broken. And all of a sudden, they realize they're caught, they're trapped. But what do you say, they said to Jesus? What do you think about what we've brought to you? And this they said, testing him, that they might find something to accuse him of. They couldn't find anything wrong with Jesus, so they said, let's make up something. And if we can make up something, then all the people will stop going to his teaching and we'll be the heroes again. What do you say? I love the way Jesus responds. Look at what he does. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Now, imagine you're in a conversation, you ask somebody a question, they don't answer the question, they stoop down, they start writing in the dirt. Like, what are you doing? And you're trying to read what he's writing in the dirt. Don't you wish we knew what he wrote in the dirt? I wonder if he was writing the dates and the names and the places of all the times those guys had committed adultery. I wonder if he was making a list of the last five sins those guys had committed. I don't think so. You know what I think he was doing? I think he was writing, love the Lord your God. I think he was writing a message that would be consistent with his nature because Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He operated with a completely different message altogether. Now notice, so when they continued asking him, hey, hey, Jesus, I don't know what you're doing playing in the dirt, but Jesus, we ask you a question. Will you please respond to my question? And he said to them, he is without sin. Ouch. Anybody here without sin? Raise your hand. Anybody tempted to raise your hand? Anybody know your wife or, or husband is a bigger sinner than you? Raise your hand. Oh, there's a wife. Well, hand went up immediately. Look at that. Let them throw the first stone. Okay, if you guys are, he's saying to him, if you guys are not guilty, would you pick up a stone and go ahead and get the process started so we can get on with this? And all of a sudden there was a piercing, there was something that happened in their conscience and in their heart. Those who heard it being convicted of their conscience, they went out one by one, beginning with the oldest. I would say that's the longest record of sinning. You see, the longer you live your life, the more aware you are that, that, that really you're not perfect, amen? 
And so they went out one by one, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and he saw no one but the woman, he said to her, where are those who, who accuse you? Where are your accusers? Where have they gone? And no one has, has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. Notice she called him Lord. You see, the beginning of any relationship with Jesus has to begin with the word Lord. It has to be a recognition of who he is, that he is God of very God, that he is God who put on human flesh, died on a cross, was buried, and rose from the dead to give us eternal life. You see, the, the great truth is in the cross, our sins were dealt with, but in the resurrection, new life, new future was given to us. You can't have, if you don't have the resurrection, the cross is doing you no good. Because all it is is the, the dying of sin. No, you need the resurrection to live in power and authority in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus spoke to them again. Notice what he says. Neither do I condemn you. I don't condemn you. There's forgiveness. Conde forgiveness means I don't condemn you. If you forgive someone, you don't condemn them. You, you are forgiven them completely. Neither do I co condemn you. Go and sin no more. Don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. If I'm really Lord, don't do that anymore. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, now he's back to the crowd. Everybody in this crowd who's assembled, the people in, the, in verse one who've got around him, he says, then he turned to them and he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Do you think they remembered that illustration? They said, oh, this is what it means to walk in the light. It means that I really love people, I really forgive people, I really live a transformed life. I wanna to talk to you about a different kingdom. A different kingdom. In this kingdom of God, it's something like this. It's a, we have in our world a religious spirit, but God wants us to adopt a kingdom attitude. You see, kingdom living is different kind of living. We change the way we think in order to understand the kingdom of God. You begin to understand that this kingdom of God doesn't operate the same way. In fact, in order to really appreciate this kingdom, we must invite the presence of God into our life on a regular basis. If you'll simply just utter the words when you're all alone or even right now and say, may your presence just be all around me now. May I be aware of you. See, God is not far off. We just must invite him to speak to us. God has called us to a spiritual revolution to change the world. It's really interesting. I, I said this in our school of ministry this past week. I said, Jesus never told us to pray for the sick. And everybody's looking around going, what? No, he commanded us to heal the sick. There's a big difference there. Jesus never said, petition, pray for the sick. He simply said, command, heal the sick. Now, did he mean it? Or was he just toying with us? See, I have a feeling that when Jesus says something, he means it. And it's important because in the kingdom of God, that's what happens. In the kingdom of man, we simply pray and hope for the best. 
You see the difference? We want to access kingdom of heaven, bring it into earth so that people experience the presence and the mighty power of almighty God. Last week, we shared with you the story of Ashley and how God had brought a healing to her. I want to tell you another story about someone in our congregation. I just got this email uh, yesterday, and I wanted to to share it with you. I put it in. Uh, We have someone who attends our church named Liz, and Liz Rodriguez, she passed out hitting her head, had bleeding to the brain, loss of memory. The doctor prescribed medication. She was unable to drive. One of our own, Joanne, brought her to the prayer team. They prayed for her. She went to the doctor. The doctor said to her, you're a true miracle. You can stop the medication. Give it another week and you can drive your car. Amen? I always love it when doctors say, this is a miracle. God has seen fit to bless us with people's lives being healed spiritually, emotionally, physically, in all ways. That's part of the kingdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 20, it says this, for the kingdom of God is not in word. It's not just mere talking, but in power. The kingdom of God comes in power. God shows up in a situation. But it's a different kind of power than this world has to offer. This past Easter, just a few months ago, we had a Easter sunrise service, and we did it right out here in our, our amphitheater that we have. And we had three baptismal troughs, literally horse troughs, and we baptized people. Many of you were here on that day. We baptized 101 people on that day. We're getting ready for another baptism on October 12th. You can sign up afterwards today and get, get ready for that. But I want to show you a video from that day, and you can experience. Some of you are in that video. If you're not in it, I'm sorry. You didn't pay enough (laughs) to be featured in the video. But let me just show you some of the joy of that day, all right?
Let's give God the glory for that. Amen. You know what we are? We are an invasion team sent by God to take over this world. That's what we are. We are to infiltrate all the places of darkness, bring light, truth, and the power of God to, amen? Amen. Give God the glory. And here's the thing. God is obligated, God is obligated to do what he said he would do. Now think about that. God is obligated to do what God said he would do in you and through you. Everything depends on him. All I have to do is be obedient. You say, well, pastor, do you ever have times where you wonder how it's going to work? Absolutely. I go, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but I'm going to give it my best shot, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I'm going to take the risk of looking foolish for the sake of the kingdom of God. If you said do it, I'm going to do it. God loves to do that with people. Have you ever noticed? Think about Noah. Noah, he says, go build an ark. Think about Moses. Hey, lead the people out of Egypt. On and on and on. God says, will you just trust me? Will you allow me to be what, what I want to be in your life? You see, the assignment is to bring heaven to earth, into the realm we live by the Spirit while we're on earth. Jesus made this statement, greater works than I do will you do because I go to be with the Father. Jesus said we're supposed to do greater works than him. Does that strike you a little odd? I'm thinking, how can I do that? Spirit of God, the commission, the power, the authority God has given us. I mean, we've seen people what? We've seen probably 250, 300 people saved in the two years we've been in existence here. We've probably seen somebody healed almost every week. Is that not carrying out what God said, greater works than these? You see, God is working in our midst, and he's shaping our hearts so that we get a heart that looks like the kingdom of God. See, because what he has to do is he has to do a deep work because our heart looks like the kingdom of this earth. And he says, okay, let me just little by little shape it till it looks like the kingdom of God. One of the things we're going to do in our invasion policy here is we're going to go into the public schools and we're going to set up Bible clubs. We're going to see hundreds of kids come to faith in Christ. Amen? Aren't you a little bit tired of, of the public schools robbing our children of their minds and of their faith? Isn't it time for God's people to rise up and be different? And I am so thrilled. I'm going to have Jared and Lucinda stand up. Would you guys stand up right over here and... Give them a hand. You've, maybe you've met them. Where the, they are from South Africa. They have a ministry called Save the World Foundation, and they are leading this effort. They'll be with us on Saturday to take uh, the students and the parents and say, here's how we can do it. And I just want to report, we already have one Bible club ready to go, and it'll start in the fall, and we hope to have three or four or maybe a dozen more, and we're going to infiltrate this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew chapter 28 Look what Jesus says in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, that's the word influence and power, has been given to me in heaven, that's the spiritual, and on earth, that's the physical. And here's what he says, go. Go therefore making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, all things that I have commanded you. You know what the all things are? Trust me, 
believe me. Go out and see people saved. See cities transformed. It's time we take over the cities that we live in instead of the cities taking over us. He said, have I not commanded you and am I not with you always? Well, I don't know where God is. He's with you. I don't feel him. He's with you. He hasn't spoken. He's with you. He's like your mother. Remember your mother? She was always with you. That, that childhood guilt's hard to get rid of. My mom had, you know, went to be with the Lord in 2002. I still hear her saying Philip Wayne. You know what I'm talking about? Stays with you. The Spirit of God. Jesus says, I am with you. What? How long? Always. Okay, let me try it again. The Spirit, he says, I'm with you what? Always. Always. Well, what if I sin? Well, what if, I, what if I don't read my Bible? Always. What if I'm mad at my spouse? Always. He's always with you, always, always, always. Amen. Always. I can't get away from him. The psalmist said, where shall I go from thy spirit? If I send into the heavens, behold, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, behold, you are there. Spirit of God never, 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 never leaves you. He is with you always, even until the end, that is the completion of the age and into eternity. He is always, always with you, and he has a different future. Do you realize the religious people in the story of the, of the woman caught in adultery had a different idea for the future of that woman? Her future was death. That is what they prescribed. Death is your future. You see, that's the message of Satan himself. He comes, he says, I came to kill, rob, and destroy. That's what I came to do in your life. God says, no, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So unbelief and shame are anchored. You see, in unbelief are anchored shame and hurt and condemnation. Watch this. When your faith begins to go down like this, what's the first thing you feel? Condemned. People who stay out of church for about three weeks, if I see them, they, I, they walk up to me and they go, hey, pastor, I'm really sorry. Why? You didn't have anything good to do? Wasn't fun? My job is not to condemn you. My job is to be Jesus to you. Your job is to be Jesus to me. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. No condemnation. Can you say it? No condemnation. None. Now, how about a little? It's just, see, I just believe the word. That's what it says. Unbelief is faith in an inferior realm. When we have unbelief, we are putting our faith in the visible and the reasonable. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, it will rise. The visible says it's not going to happen. The reasonable says there's no way it can happen. And you see, that's faith in unbelief. Faith comes by hearing. Listen to this, Romans chapter 10 and verse 7. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith, you see, is hearing. That's present tense, right? I'm hearing the word of God. Not faith in what I used to hear, 
what I have heard, and it says it comes by hearing the word of God, and that word, word there in the Greek is the word rima. You know what that means? A word revealed. You know where your faith comes? Where in your situation, all of a sudden, God speaks to you and says, hey, you know, I've got this one. You remember that scripture? I've got that one. And he's revealing truth to you as you go. That's the rima of God. We want to have our identity not in this world, not in some self-esteem thing to try to pick me up, make me feel better about myself, but in Jesus Christ. Now, let me show you this. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. Listen to what it says. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. I mean, is that pretty powerful? I am a representation. I'm part of the family business. The family business of heaven. They set up a franchise down here. They hired all of us at no pay. And they said, go out and conquer the kingdom of this world for the kingdom of our God because God is coming back one day. He's coming in glory of the Father and all the saints with him and get ready and you need to be in the, minute, in, the, in the meantime a world changer. Get outside the walls of the church into the marketplace. Wherever you go, start talking about Jesus. Wherever you go to school, talk about Jesus. Whenever you go to, 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 into your neighborhood, talk about Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus that drives the enemy away. All you got to do is say Jesus. It's a name above every name. It's a name by which all men will be saved, can be saved, should be saved. It's a name whereby every knee shall bow on earth, under the earth, and in heaven, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen and amen. Amen. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, listen to this. This is in the Amplified Version. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, that is visible, was to undo, that is destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works that the devil has done. Now let's just keep that scripture up for a second in our mind. Look at it. They was manifest to destroy, loosen, and dissolve whatever the enemy has done or is trying to do in your life. He came for that reason. He came for you. Amen. And just turn it over to him now and just say, you know, enough is enough. Amen. Say, enough is enough. enough. I've had all of this I can take. I've had all of this I can take. I need Jesus to come through, and he has and he will. Let me give you a few life applications. You are saved to live a glorious life, not a miserable one. A glorious life, not a miserable one. I've had people tell me, well, I'm a Christian. I said, well, don't tell anybody. <laughs> With that smirk on your face, that life you're living, just keep it quiet for a while, okay? Do you get your act together here. Just don't tell anybody, you know, uh, and, and you don't want to be miserable. You want to be powerful. And Jesus said, my joy do I give unto you that your joy might be made full, full joy. I love when I ask people, how you doing? Well, not so good. Man, I stepped back. I don't want to catch that, whatever that is. What do you got? Oh, no, I don't, I'm not sick. Oh, yeah, you are. You're not doing good. You know what? When you, praise, when you praise Jesus in the middle of your struggles, your struggles diminish. When you give credit to discouragement, depression, 
and fear, they all increase. They all increase. Stop limiting yourself by your past. We live so much in the past. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but I did this, I did that. You know what the Bible says? All of our sins are washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. He remembers our sins no more. You go back to God as sin you've confessed maybe five years ago. You've confessed it over and over and over again, and you go to God, God, I need to confess this sin to you. He goes, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about it. I've cast him as far as the east is from the west. I've buried him in the bottom of the ocean and put a no fishing sign over it. <laughs> You're free. You're set free. Pursue the raw power of the kingdom of God. The raw power of the kingdom of God. I don't want to be a normal Christian. If I get accused of anything, I want to be accused of being fanatical, sold out for Jesus Christ. I don't ever want to say he's a good Christian guy. That to me means he's just milk toast. I want him to say, man, that guy's nuts. Are you kidding me? You know what he's believing God for? You know what he's doing? You know what he's saying? He is crazy. But I kind of like it. Don't you like fanatics? I love fanatics. I don't care what they're fanatical about except unless it's extremism and, and, and what's going on in the Middle East and, and our prayers go out there. But I love people when they're fanatical about Jesus Christ. Can I invite you to be fanatical about Jesus Christ? Now, you know, it's not comfortable because you're worried about what people think. My kids used to say, I'm worried about what they're thinking about me. I said, kids, what makes you even think they're thinking about you? Let alone what they're thinking. If you, if you let yourself fall prey to what people's opinion is of you, you will never do anything in life. You have to stand up on your own two feet and say, I am a child of the living God. The Spirit of God lives in me. He has given me power and authority. I can stand in the truth of Almighty God. Amen? Let's stand together and pray. As we stand together here, I'm going to ask you to do something today that's a little bit on the radical side. And some of you are trying to figure out how you can slip out to your car right now. Just a little bit on the radical side. I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to commit yourself. Commit yourself this morning to living a radical, Jesus-filled life. Now, that's not, what, that's not the hard part yet. The hard part's coming. I'm going to ask all of you to turn over your entire savings. <laughs> and if you're standing and we know that you're agreeing to that. Just kidding. I'm going to ask you to do this. We're going to sing together. The band's going to lead us in a song here called Majesty. And as they do, I want you to really think about, am I willing to commit myself to live a radical Jesus life? I'm going to make this really simple. One, one thing I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to come here to the front, fill these aisles, and say, I'm willing to live that radical life. I'm not sure what all that means, but I'll put my reputation on the line. I'll put my life on the line. As you watch what's happened in the Middle East, people are putting their life on the line to say no, no, no. They're giving their life for Jesus. 
I'm going to ask you to give your life for Jesus. Put your reputation on the line. Make a difference in this world. Fill this place. If you need to come to faith in Christ, we want you to know that there's a cross right over here. We're going to ask you to go to that cross. Our prayer team will be there. If you'd like to pray and receive Christ, here's how that goes. Let's just bow our heads, and then in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. If you need to know Jesus Christ, here's what you can pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you were buried and rose from the dead. You died for my sins and you rose to give me eternal life. And right now I put my faith and my trust in you as my Lord and my Savior. I put my past behind me and I become a new creature as you put your Holy Spirit in me and I become the temple of the living God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me today. Thank you for coming into my heart. And I'm just going to ask you if that was your prayer today, in just a moment as we start to move toward the front here, that you move to the cross. And we'll be there to pray with you, encourage you, give you some information. Would you take a radical stand for Jesus and fill this, this front of this altar today? Just come as John leads us in this time.